tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Mixing in a little wedding talk. Here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I wouldn't even recognize how to put a wedding together right at 20 years later. I'll tell you what, I've done maybe 2% of the work. Yeah, well, I didn't do even that when I got married. So I've noticed hats off to that, Steph and uh, her mom. We've gotten to the point in the planning process that if I say I don't care, do what you want, I get in trouble. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer use, allowed to like use that excuse. I just wonder about like uh, what... Austin said, how much of the old traditions still take place? Like, it, it almost was like, like, when you do some of the traditional stuff, it's like, yeah, hey, I don't really care about that, but everybody else involved kind of cares about that. So, yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's make everybody happy. <laughs> but oh, I don't know if that still happens. Well, to me, like, the same thing with the cake. Like, we don't want a cake. We don't care about having a cake or doing the whole, like, cutting the cake and photos and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, from everyone we're talking to, like, there's going to be people expecting there to be a cake. Yeah, that's uh, that's All what right. you hear a lot, too, right? That people go and they expect a certain thing uh, at the wedding, um, which is pretty wild. Uh, Brett Martin, Austin Lane Coos here on a Wednesday, the eve of a football game in Jacksonville. Thursday night football will be on Fox 30, by the way, and it is the Miami Dolphins against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars without Josh Lambeau. He goes on IR with a hip injury. Jaguars uh, will also be without Brandon Linder. Tyler Shatley will take his place. And the Jaguars could be without. Now, that's a big one now. They could be without DJ Chark. He's questionable. Meanwhile, Byron Jones is out for the Miami Dolphins uh, in their secondary. So this really looks like uh, an offense that I I don't want to go crazy and say high-powered, but an offense that is clicking for the Jacksonville Jaguars against a defense that really hasn't in the Miami Dolphins, even though I feel like they thought that might be the strength of their football team, considering Brian Flores is a defensive guy, uh, and it just hasn't worked yet. So does this become a trendy game? where the offense continues to do that, and it'll be up to the Jags' defense and special teams to make enough plays to win? Or does the script get flipped, which we've seen so many times in the NFL? Uh, it will be a tough one to predict. Later on, we'll have the wall that says it all. Uh, Austin will take us back to a play last week from the defense that just can't happen, in my opinion. I want to get Austin's thought on it as well and see uh, if it's something that can be preventable. We'll uh, talk about that play coming up. At five o'clock, a little bit more on the Jaguars right now. We mentioned this in just a little bit yesterday about guys like Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. And how do the Jags fix their defense? Like, is it just growth that happens? Is it some schematical changes? Should the Jaguars have tried to get Jamal Adams? Would that have made a substantial difference? difference on their defense you know they had plenty of money at that point Mm -hmm. should they have tried to uh put a pick send a pick to the jets and also pay jamal adams were they a little afraid of that maybe 
because of the circumstances and they were trying to get rid of some bad apples, if you will, here in Jacksonville. And I don't, you know, who knows what Jamal Adams like, but they liked Adams coming out. They liked Adams coming out of LSU when they picked Leonard Fournette. No doubt about that. Uh, And I think he went right after Leonard Fournette in that draft, or maybe it was number six uh, to the Jets. Should the Jaguars have made another move? That they didn't make. The one we brought up yesterday was Calais. Maybe you shouldn't have traded him, right? That mm-hmm. was a move shouldn't have done. They could be a little bit better or maybe even a lot better. And he would have fit perfectly given the locker room and everything we're hearing about this locker room and this football team. So if they could have that one back, I think they'd say, yeah, you can have the fifth round pick back. We'll keep Calais with the $15 million. Yeah. But another move I thought about was Jamal Adams to strengthen that defense. Should they have done it? Listen, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And I remember when I was campaigning to bring Jamal Adams to Jacksonville, it was from the prerequisite saying that, you know what, they have to stop the run in this division. they they got to stop Marlon Mack. they got to stop Jonathan Taylor. they got to stop Derrick Henry. And Jamal Adams does a fantastic job of doing that. Now, Jamal Adams is a safety, but he does everything. You know, he's a box safety. He's a cover safety. He can rush the passer. The guy can do everything. So I thought the biggest part that you needed on this defense was obviously attitude and the ability to stop the run. Now, only after two games, we've seen what? They've been able to stop the run. The question remains, though, is, is that attitude there, right? Like, I think, obviously, you have Josh Allen. Um, you have Miles Jack, who's playing at a pretty high level right now. You have Joe Schober. But, like, do you have anybody? And it's hard to see after two games. But do you have anybody on that team that when the chips are stacked against you, you get in that huddle, and that guy amps everybody up with, with like, a big hit or a big play? Through two games, Brent, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we saw the Avery Jones, um, you know, fourth and one stop. That was huge. But consistently, I haven't seen anybody do that quite yet. Now, once again, it's still a very young season. We'll see if someone steps up to the plate. With that being said, though, if you watch Jamal Adams and his time in Seattle, what he's brought to that table, yes, the Seattle defense, a little porous. They get up a lot of points. But you see the attitude. You see him making plays. Like It's undeniable that guy can make some plays. It begs the question, though, so the Jaguars gone after him. They could have, right? And you could spend, you know, how much money you want and make him the highest paid safety, which I think he obviously deserves that. But at the same time, we got to remember where we were a couple months ago. We didn't have any hope in this team, right, especially this defense. And for Jamal Adams to go from the New York Jets to the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to think about his mindset and where he would be, right, because I think he wanted to go to win. I think he wanted to compete for a Super Bowl. And I think at that time, it was like, well, if he comes to Jacksonville, is his attitude going to change at all, right? Because obviously he wanted out of New York. So, once again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have loved to see him in Jacksonville. I think he brings just a whole set of just intangibles that a lot of guys don't have, and obviously the leadership as well. So I would have loved to see him here. But you have to, make, you have to ask the question, would it have worked as well in Seattle? Yeah, and I think uh, the other question I would ask is, he looks like he's playing good football right now for them. And they're still giving up 30 points a game and 1,000 yards in the first two games. Mm, sure. <laughs> so can a strong safety make that much of a difference? The answer right now in Seattle is no. Yeah. Right. Well, a strong safety, the good defensive line, now you have something. Well, exactly. But yeah. we, that's not necessarily the case here. Right. You're asking uh, basically what we're asking is like what position, what guy will really elevate this defense? What's the fix on this defense? Like, I mean, it's it's safe to ask a couple other questions. Marcel Darius is still out there somewhere. I have no idea where he likes to travel. Maybe he's like in Tasmania. You know, uh, maybe he's working on another vehicle. Uh, Brick's truck. <laughs> Tasmania. The, uh, I don't know. I mean, he likes he's to travel in Tasmania, by the way. There's like 300 beached whales there. Is there? Is that why you brought it up? Well, I, I brought up Tasmania really because yesterday I played, uh, um, they reopened the 
Ponte Vedra Inning Club Ocean Course, and so we played it as they reopened it and they brought okay. us out. Okay. And um, it was it's really cool, by the way. You should check it out if you if you're over there. Uh, they changed some of the course around. Well, I was talking to some folks who have been to like all over playing golf, mm. and they brought up Tasmania. Uh, they, they said there's some unbelievable golf courses which I'd never even thought of that. Okay. Or like, how do you even get there? And so now Tasmania is on my mind. So okay, I got go-to. you. I got you. Cool. Because I looked up the golf courses and I want to go. I got you. Yeah, um, the, 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 there's there's a beached whale problem there right now. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know that, <laughs> but good. I'm learning about Tasmania yeah. in the last two days awful, an awful lot. No worries. Uh, but I do know that Marcel Doris likes to travel. Yeah. So maybe he is there. Sure. Um, and <laughs> he's available, though, because he's not with a team Correct. if he wants to be, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange. I mean, is it all the injury? Is it he doesn't want to play? Uh, does he want to latch on to a team later on? Does he want too much money to play? We know he likes Jacksonville and Doug Marone, and they, there's not a problem there. Uh, so it's a bit peculiar, and maybe they've had some conversations. Don't know that. Uh, but Marcel Darius is an interesting ask. The other one that's interesting, did you see the stuff out of uh, the West Coast where Desmond King was not too happy with his playing time? Saw that. In L.A.? Yeah. Uh, Now, listen, you're usually not playing for a reason. Not sure what that reason is, Mm -hmm. but it seems like he's unhappy. Mm -hmm. Could there potentially be a move that you make to bring a guy like that on board? But aren't you already happy with C.J. Anderson and Trey Herndon the way they're playing? No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think right now with Desmond King... um, he's probably in the trading block for sure. He's obviously ticked off unless Anthony Lynn can kind of patch that up a little bit. But, yeah, I think you have C.J. Henderson, Trey Herndon. Like, the last thing you need right now, I think, is more cornerbacks, right? I think you're kind of you've, – you're, you're pot committed from that position. Well, the only thing is, do you realize, much like this football team realized, I think, halfway through with Barry Church that next year, that he was kind of done, mm-hmm. right? He had lost a step. Uh I think it's a little too early to ask that question of a DJ Hayden, but if you did bring over a Desmond King or something, you could move Trey Herndon inside. Yeah. You could do that. You, you know, if, I'm just saying, if you want to get better at your defense, is that an opportunity to get better? If, if you were interested, but, there is, there are it, pieces you could move around potentially. I don't, I, we just don't know how they're feeling about sure. it. To my eyes, uh, Hayden hasn't played very well. I'm not saying I'm giving up on him. I've seen yeah. him play too much good football. Exactly. But they would know more of that than we would know about losing a step or just doesn't have it right now yeah. or what. But, but that's the point, though, right? Where we sit here and say, well, this pass rush isn't going yet. Let's see what happens against Miami. Let's give them a little more time. It's yeah. only two games. So we're, we're going to sit back and set it and forget it and see what happens. Well, the same thing's got to be said about DJ Hayden because, like you just said, he's he's played too much great football to sit back and say, "Well, all right, this guy's washed. Um, let's go get somebody else in." Like I, I don't think so right now. Yeah, I agree. With yeah, you. I, listen, the King one's an interesting one, and, and anytime a big name comes available, and you're like, "Oh, okay, maybe that makes some sense." Jags have plenty of capital and plenty of money, mm-hmm. so Jags are, you know, definitely a player in anybody mm-hmm. that could be available, mm-hmm. trade deadline or or not. So. It's an interesting ask. I I, I would kind of lean with you. I, I don't really think they have to fix their corner position as much as they have to fix maybe their back end, say, free safety spot, hopefully get Jared Wilson healthy, and also that front. Yeah. Uh, you know, They need to get more out of the front. We'll see, I think, in the next couple of games they'll have an opportunity to do so. If we're still talking about this in a couple of weeks, the Jaguars might need to, depending on how they feel about their football team, they might need to take that October trade deadline very seriously to go try to acquire somebody else for a little help. Because yeah. if you're four or five games in, it's still not working, uh, and you're in the middle of things, you know, and you're winning football games because your offense is outscoring them, uh, might be 
an interesting move. And the Jags have made those kind of moves yep. in season in the past. Uh, Marcel Darius himself was one uh, back in 2017. Uh, quick thought on Tyrod Taylor, man. How about that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, we'll If you haven't heard of it, by the way, the story is the team doctor punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. Yeah. That sounds awful. So he he had is it bruised ribs or broken ribs? Tyrod Taylor. I think he had bruised ribs. Bruised ribs. Gonna get an injection on those bruised ribs. Yes. So before the game, you know that they call it riding the T train. You take a shot of Toradol. So it's a painkiller. Usually, yep. Usually you get that injected into your behind. Let's he just had call cracked it. Cracked ribs, by the way. So I guess so that would go. be broken. So so cracked ribs. All right. So I assume he's riding what we like to call the T train. And the T train usually you take that. Can in, you still take that in the I don't NFL? Know. I don't know. I took it. It was like yeah. a cocktail for me. It was, it, it was like a it was like a pregame ritual. There's for me. one that that went away. That might have been tore off. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's, it's a pain injection. We got you. Okay. Yeah, you got it. So inject him into you know to help those broken ribs, which I can't imagine playing football with broken ribs. Ugh. Anyways, inject it with those broken ribs. Well, apparently the doctor, for whatever reason, felt the need to puncture his lung as well, and that's why he sat out. <laughs> again. You make it sound like he did it on purpose. Well, well I mean. What <laughs> How do you? Okay, well, let's, let's get into it. How do you mess that up? It went like the how, chief's how doctor do you, did. How it. do you puncture somebody's lung? How deep was this needle? I'm not a doctor. I mean, I, I, it, it has to be reasonably close. Well, I would. Were think. you giving him an, an adrenaline shot straight out of Pulp Fiction, where you had the sharpie on the chest and break the breastplate? No, man. Like, how deep are we going with this needle? How do you puncture somebody's lung? I hope that guy got fired. Hey, coach. Hey, doctor. Coach wants to see you. Go ahead and bring your playbook. Can you imagine hard knocks? Oh, what did this happen during hard knocks? Oh, Don't they do that like inside the NFL? They still do that show? Like I think so, yeah. yeah. the Chiefs and, and Chargers game, you know they probably had a lot of cameras. It was the Chiefs game. Yeah. So And poor, and poor Lamar Jackson, you see him on the sidelines during that game. So on the sidelines, they're talking about how, oh, I don't know Lamar Jackson, Tyra Taylor. Tyra Taylor. Poor Tyra Taylor sitting on the sidelines. They're like, oh, I guess Tyra Taylor's not going to play today. He's got some kind of chest injury that he acquired during warm-ups. And he's sitting on the bench like – Hunched over like this and like looking like he's gonna throw up and I'm like that's kind of weird like that's that's kind of an excuse to play Justin Herbert we knew that was gonna come eventually turns out he had a punctured lung on the sidelines just yeah. hanging out a lot out. of people thought they had kept it under wraps they were gonna play Herbert that was not the case they, yeah. they had just moments before the game decided he couldn't go yeah. and thankfully they decided that he couldn't go yeah. but that's why they decided he couldn't go yeah. and what I want to know is does the tour at all or whatever painkiller still work and that way it doesn't hurt as much. <laughs> When you when you have a punctured lung, I mean, I hope it worked for the ribs and the lung. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you think this doctor had Justin Herbert on his fantasy team? <laughs> this, by the way, you should not be laughing at this. No. As as somebody's uh, fiance that's watching every episode of Grey's Anatomy again, this would make for a great <laughs> that's a episode. Shame. That's a shame. It's great. Grey's Anatomy. I saw it was on Netflix again. Is that why? Is it resurfaced? Yeah. Because I saw it as I was looking. Because up. You, sound, you sound super psyched about that. Yeah. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy, that's like decade old, isn't it? Fun fact. Uh, yeah, that, that was back on, in college. We're on season 16, and I still think there's like five more. I think I've told this story before. When I used to coach girls flag football back in college, whenever they talked about Grey's Anatomy, they had to take a mandatory lap because I wasn't going to tolerate Grey's Anatomy talk because like, that's all they talked about. Like, we're going to miss Grey's Anatomy. Keep on practicing. I don't care. Yes. Take a lap and get back to me. Some people call it like, the best show ever or one of the best shows ever. I never saw an episode of it. Yeah, uh, surprising. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> girls going through her feelings. Is she in love? Oh, this this guy's got like a chopped off leg. Let's put that back on. Oh, now she's like got feelings for this guy. It wasn't yeah, like just... in an attempt at uh, what was the show used to be on Thursday nights on NBC. 
uh, ER. Oh, ER yeah. was a big show. Yeah, you know that might have been right before your that was, like high school days, sure so you were a little sure younger. But ER was and dads like, watched when I was a kid. Yeah. ER was like must see and must see TV, NBC TV, whatever it was. Sure. I think like, they might even had like Seinfeld on that night, oh, or whatever. Guy. But they had yeah. a, a lineup that okay. like it was huge just, in the ratings, just blowing the doors off and everybody. ER yeah. was on that list. Okay, and so I felt like Grey's Anatomy was like this attempt to. Yeah. Kind of get ER. Gotcha. Bring it back. Yeah. Okay. You know, Couldn't kind of the next wave. Right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, look back to Anthony Lynn. Speaking of real life uh, yeah. ER. How about this quote? Taylor's injury. Well, this isn't a quote. Taylor's injury is not career threatening. Uh, he said the doctor, quote, just made a mistake. Anthony Lynn said. He said, it happens. <laughs> when? when? Lynn told Smith. When? Tyrod's not angry, not upset. Does it happen? I'm suing. Like, I'm suing you. Like, does that happen though? When have you Can ever we get heard... a doctor? That, have you ever given a pain killer <laughs> and punctured a lung? When like, have you really ever heard happen? of somebody getting their lung punctured from a needle from a doctor? And go, never heard it. So it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> so Anthony Lynn, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This was some kind of setup from your part too, where you want to get you know Justin <laughs> Herbert in so bad. But no, that's that's not a standard thing. I don't know what's going on right now in L.A. Has that it, to me? I'm sure there's really bizarre injuries, right? Um, you know, if you go all the way back to Jacksonville's old Vince Coleman, and uh, I think it was World Series or playoff time back in '85, it was the tarp that rolled up. It, he got his leg caught oh, in the tarp. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's been some bizarre injuries. This is on the short list. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of anything like this. No. I'm, and I'm sure it's happened. I was actually surprised they got out. I know. Weren't you a little surprised to hear? Like, that yeah. was my first reaction, was that Adam Schefter's tweeting this, mm-hmm. and that's what, like, they actually give How? credit to Anthony Lynn that he's transparent like that. But usually anything medical doesn't come out. And on top of that, he's actually sharing details of how this all went on. Like, that what? isn't like a HIPAA thing or anything like that. What would you do if you were one of his teammates Sitting there about to get an injection. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, here's what yeah. I would do. It's like the guy that's next to you just got hit by lightning. Hey, what's the chance of it happening again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, better you than me. Poor Tyrod Taylor, though, man. Guess want to play some football. You don't have to puncture his lung. Well, you know how I feel Dang. about this in terms of the football team. I think, I think they were making a mistake potentially going back to Tyrod Taylor anyway. I think Herbert... Proved a little something there. Now he's yeah. going to take his lumps as well. Mm-hmm. But this might be a blessing for Anthony Lynn. He wasn't. He was going to go back to Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And I just don't think that was the right move for this football team. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, we're not there in L.A. covering him day to day. It just doesn't feel from the outside like that's a great move. Sure. Uh, and this might really turn out to be like a blessing in disguise in a way for their football team. Obviously not for Tyrod Taylor, but yeah. I mean they might. He has. He's forced to play Herbert. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like he was going to play Herbert. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Herbert now comes in and does a really good job over these next two, three games, however long it's going to take for Tyrod Taylor to come back? Well, Tyrod Taylor ain't coming back in there. Yeah. I just can't I just go back to this thing, Brent. If you're Anthony Lynn, you have to fire that doctor, right? Like, you can't keep him around. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, you can't keep that guy around. Like, I think be hard. I don't know much about the If I go to a barber shop, guess what? And you, you nick my ear and I start bleeding from, you know, you, you're trying to taper me up a little bit. I, I'm not going back to that barbershop. Sorry. You, you, you lost your like you lost my business. If somebody punctures one of your players' lungs, I can't come back to you. Tony Polster says, how does he have cracked ribs and taken off the injury report on Friday? <laughs> that's a good question, too. Because the guy's a football player, Brent. That's but, why. Well, a lot of guys will play with the 
I, I don't know about the injury report part. Tony's got to go put yeah, the black jacket. Yeah, right? the black jacket's like bulletproof, By basically. Way, I'm touching my ribs right now yeah. or like close to them, yeah. and they hurt because I worked out for the first time in three weeks uh, on Monday. There's a flex. There we go. And they still hurt. There's a flex. Okay? All so that that show you how tough I am All that to be able to play football. Are you getting your injections? We can get you one. <laughs> Not you from good? that doctor. Yeah, I'm sure we can call somebody around here and get you set up. Oh, man. That man. is so wild. I, I just couldn't believe that's uh, that's what happened. To the uh, Chargers, we'll see. I'm never get acupuncture out. again now. I'm a big acupuncture guy. Hearing that, hey, maybe not. Uh, let's uh, fo- shift gears to college football. Did you see this? I, I this is a text, a tweet that I uh, kind of quote tweeted, and I got some in- instant reaction to. It's interesting. Ohio State, I think, laid off or furloughed or whatever, 25 more employees today Mm. based on the projections of losing over $100 million from their budget this year. And my tweet was, don't these folks have emergency funds? And I thought one person had a very – they were being kind of a smart aleck about it, but Mm -hmm. I I thought they had a good point. They were like, oh, yeah, well, they were prepared for the pandemic. That's not my point. The model is so screwed up in football and and college sports right now anyway – that you would think that some of the foresight is to have some money in the bank for a rainy day. Mm. And it just doesn't feel like, based on the moves that are being made this year, that these programs have had money in the bank. I mean, if you're making $100 million a year because of your football program, yeah, I get it. you got to pay for other sports. You can still pocket away like 5% of that, couldn't you? And yeah. when you pocket 5% away and you put it somewhere, maybe you put it in a bond or something like that. Well, yeah. it grows at 5%. And you add that up over the last however many years, and now the money hasn't always been like this in college football, but even the last 15, 20 years, it just feels to me that someone with forward thinking in the college athletic world should have a ton of money in their Bank account. <laughs> yeah. No. Is that far? Am I missing something? I understand it. Like, I don't get the whole whole finances. I'm sure I'm missing a lot. Uh, like, I don't think you have to use the money that you make in a certain time. This isn't a salary cap. Like, <laughs> you could use, but instead we're building buildings and buildings on top of buildings on top of buildings with uh, PS4s. No, no, PS5s. We've got to update yep. that. Xboxes, leather couches, saunas, get it. whatever it takes, yeah. right, to get whatever it is. Yep. But we're building these buildings instead, and now people are losing jobs. Now, you might have a lot of fat to trim on your staffs. That's certainly a possibility. Maybe you hired so many people because you had these dollars. Correct. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know the business model. Yeah. But it just seems at face value like, wow, you make $100 million a year. Okay, you're not going to make that. We don't have anything left over. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the best look. Obviously, we don't know where all this money is going to, right? I'm not an accountant. But I'll tell you what, man, this was a good pitch for Martin Owen's sons um, in, in investment opportunities for you, man. Because, like, I mean, you make some pretty good points. You know, like, you put some off to the side, you invest it, that grows, and then that can be, like, the, the salary of some of these employees. Uh, it was 250 people that let go? I thought it was 25. Or, I'm sorry, 25. But it's the latest one. I, d- I don't think – I think maybe they had to already lay off some people. So uh, were these people like in one department, all the departments? Because you know, like, you know how that works with the departments and stuff like that. Like every department kind of gets their own funding and all that stuff. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, I just think the, the whole point is – forget about how many people got – we're talking about Ohio – State, the yeah. Ohio State, who rolls in the dough when it comes to college football, when it rolls in the dough, probably when it comes to college basketball, uh, and certainly has other bills to pay along the way. It's an expensive thing, you know, to, you gotta spend it to make it, sure. no doubt. But when you're talking about these kind of dollars, 
My guess is they let go people, 25 people that might combined make, I don't even know. Let's just say it's, say they all make a hundred grand a year. Mm-hmm. What's that? 2.5 million? Yep. They can't cover 2.5 million? But let's, yeah, but let's be honest though, Brent. Like the same thing's happening with sports, right? Like their sports are getting shut down, right? Like uh, Minnesota shutting down the men's track team right now. How much does it cost to run a men's track team every single year? I mean, it can't be over a million for travel and stuff like that. And I'm sure they bring a little money, but like still, like for whatever reason, they're cutting back costs. They have to cancel the track team. We've seen every single university cancel their sporting programs because for whatever reason, there's not enough money to facilitate. Okay, so here it is. Ohio State, Brett McMurphy says, Ohio State announces it's eliminating 25 full-time athletic department positions and 300-plus staff members will either take furloughs or pay cuts to help offset projected $107 million budget deficit. Yeah. Okay? And, and again, budgets are done in advance. My point being, why can't you keep $10 million for a rainy day when you do that budget? I mean, do you need to use all that expense? Now, I'm not this naive, okay? I also understand that... This is opportunity. You know, we talked about this at the beginning of COVID. This is opportunity to get rid of some of those programs. I don't want wrestling around anymore. It doesn't make us any money. It just costs us money. Well, this is a great opportunity to say, see you later. Hmm. Right? Uh, tennis team. Whatever team. You know, it is. Uh, this has been an opportunity for a lot of schools to say, yeah. baseball team. Nope. This is, we're going to cut down. Hmm. And we've seen it across the country in those res- those sports. And now this might be a trimming of fat. In athletic departments as well and say, listen, technology the way it is, do we really need this? We just saw over the last six months, we operated pretty well on Zoom and all this stuff. Do we need these kind of bodies around? Mm. We're trim- That's business. That happened probably in our business. That happens in your business uh, that you work in and, and you're listening. Uh, and that's the business model of this. Um, I just have a hard time. Every time one of these things are done, well, they're taking a huge hit because – well, they've made so much money over the last 10, 15, 20, more than that years. It just uh, falls on deaf ears for me. You know, it's it's like I get it's not what you were making, but now everybody's got to because you spent kind of haphazardly. Now people are losing their jobs. That doesn't seem to sit well. No, uh, listen, I, I get what you're saying. And university making all this money, you think there would be a little left to spread out and everything like that. If you take a pay cut, so be it. But you think people could still keep their jobs. But at the same time, and this isn't just happening in universities, it's happening everywhere, right? Like people due to this pandemic, due to, you know, just the efficiency that those businesses are running, they're they're cutting employees. You know, it's not just colleges, it's everywhere. So I guess colleges are just kind of falling in line with the everyday life of a of a blue-collar worker, and it is what it is. Uh, the method to my madness on this topic continues to be if we go back to the early stages of the pandemic. The model in college sports has to change. The model in finances in college athletics, in football especially, has to change. You can't do this. All the, there was a tipping point at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's coaches' salaries, expensive buildings, there's a tipping point. I understand it. College football brings it in. Well, then... You got to come up with a different way. You can't, not everything can cling to this. You know, if they don't have a college football season, we all, this is why they're trying to have one. Well, then, oh my gosh, doomsday. Mm -hmm. If we don't have another March Madness, NCAA, doomsday. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Is that the model we should be living by in college athletics? Has it gotten way too out of control? I think it's a fair question. Now, I hate asking these kind of questions and not having great solutions. I I don't. I already told you my solution. I'm not smart enough for it. Listen, I told you my solution way back in the day, where if you want to build up these football programs, you want to add all these crazy locker room gadgets and these new stadiums, these new workout facilities, then every single dollar that you spend is going to be taxed. And that tax money goes to the university and other programs. Simple as that. If you want to be like the Alabamas and the Floridas and build these, you know, these million dollar, two million dollar um, workout facilities, that's great. But guess what? You're getting taxed off it and that money's going back to the university. Yeah, you did say that. Uh, and by the way, I wish there were only a million or two million dollars. I know. Well, however much it is. <laughs> like 35 I'm, million dollars. I'm so naive to that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's just, a, it, I think it's just a bad look. It doesn't, doesn't sit well. Ah, we didn't make a hundred million this year, so we got to fire people. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, speaking of college football, are they in a little trouble as we begin SEC week? Talk a little bit more about that because you know a lot of COVID pop in terms of the test numbers and cancellations. Yeah. Does that concern you? It's not too many yet, but is it starting to concern you a little bit? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll get back to the NFL as well here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This could I be just for me. did. Why oh, is that? That's it. That's I mean, it? that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but. might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. COVID had just hit, so I was really on my. I, I think I might have been in Hawaii or Australia, one of the two, because I was either making my way. But, but anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, they told me pretty much that they were going to make the switch and I was cool with it completely. Um, I understood like their mind frame and everything. And like, obviously like last year, I mean, it is what it is. I, um, I felt like it was due to my injury, but at the end of the day, it's a performance based, uh, job. And like, I, I felt like I completely like bed last year. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm telling you, I think you like this football team because of the, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> How about a bleeping? Welcome back to the podium, Miles Jack. Yeah. It's been a long time since we heard from Miles Jack. Miles Jack, Jack, right this way. Your table is ready. Great to have you back here, sir. (laughs) Yeah, man, I like Miles. And Mm -hmm. Miles is, uh, again, I've been waiting for Miles to break out. I think, you know, you look at some of the way they've used these guys over the years. Uh, whether it's Taven Bryan trying to play the big end, whether it's Marquise Lee blocking instead of running routes and using his speed, whether it's uh, Miles Jack, strong side, middle. Yeah. It, it's been failed experiments. Mm-hmm. And so some of this is on them for not putting guys in position to be really good. But Miles Jack seems like he's in a good place, that that contract last year has a chip to try to prove that he should be making that kind of money. This maybe is it. This is maybe his breakout blossoming season that I've been waiting for for a couple of years now. This is my I didn't give up on him when we did the breakout player. I said I'm gonna go one more time, yeah, one more time around the calendar with with Miles Jack. And right now it's happening. But uh, to be honest with you, this is my third time saying it. I, I thought coming off that 17 year that postseason, I was like, look out now, yeah, he's gonna be a star in the NFL. Then last year, okay, eh, this is the year. Yeah, that just hasn't materialized. Well, right now, Joe Schobert, Miles Jack playing pretty good at that linebacker spot. And Miles playing exceptionally well. He talked to the media today. He owned up to last year, uh, you know, not being great. And I think uh, it's 
It's a re- it's refreshing. It's refreshing to hear a guy say that. What have we said? You know, we've had these conversations. And I, I think I took a lot of heat when I said, can't we show some accountability as a player when you leave here and you weren't able to get the job done? Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of bashing like Ronnie Harrison, yeah. uh, you, it, it wasn't your fault. Not, not my fault. Not my job kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, here you got Miles Jack saying, you know, what? a little bit was my bad. And, yeah. and we know and we've got Miles back to say a lot of it was their bad. But he's saying it was a little bit my bad, and here I am. I'm ready to go now, and uh, I feel good about it. So that makes me feel good for Miles Jack and this football team because he should be one of the prominent players on this team. Yeah, and and listen, and it's it's nothing new that we haven't said before on this show, Brent. For the past year and a half now, like, he shouldn't have been playing middle linebacker. It's as simple as that. And then, like, you have to respect the guy in Miles Jack who said, no, I'm a middle linebacker. Like, you know, Puzz is gone now. He kind of groomed me for this position. I'm a middle linebacker. And you know what? I respect that. Um, if you're going to go down, you go, you go down swinging, right? And Miles Jack went down swinging. Um, figured to be in, maybe, I guess he, he did get thrown out of the, the Kansas City Chiefs game last year as well. So say what you want to <laughs> say about that. But no, man, I'm just joking around. But, it's refreshing to hear now that he's confident. It's refreshing to hear that he's kind of got a swag back a little bit. And that swag is coming from playing that weak side linebacker spot, which we've hinted at many times and times and over again. And I've always said this, Brent, show me your best athlete playing middle linebacker, and I'll show you a middle linebacker that's playing out of position. As simple as that. And I'm, I'm glad to see him play on the weak side where he can run around, fly around, pin his ears back, and be an athlete. Yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because the defense isn't playing that well, but he might be playing better than anybody on the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, James Robinson is playing well. Yeah, uh, Gardner Minshew is playing well. Uh, the receiving core, I don't know if I can. I, I'd say Keelan Cole, right? Yeah, if yeah. I could pick one guy playing really well, and probably the offensive line. Listen, I haven't heard Cam Robinson's name mentioned once in two games. Yeah. Must be playing pretty well. Yeah. So there's guys. Obviously, the offense is playing well. My point is, outside of one missed tackle early. In that first game, this guy's playing lights out. Mm-hmm. You can make the case that Miles Jack is playing better than anybody on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Definitely on the defense. You know, I mean, the offense, it's a hodgepodge, right? I mean, you can you can say Gardner Minshew. I mean, you can say Cam You can say all the whole offensive line. Yeah, I just line. said about five no, no, names. I know what I'm saying, but I'm saying on defense, for sure. I, my point being, like, you wouldn't say... Uh, like, along with Gardner Minshew, there's Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and all these guys that are playing well. You yeah. might be able to make the case Miles Jack's playing as good as any linebacker in the game right now. Gotcha. I don't um, know that because I haven't watched every linebacker. But yeah. I, I wonder if you can say that. I think that's how good he's playing. Uh, I would say so, right? I mean, the, the play that sticks out to me, obviously, is the week one Colts. You know, he had that missed tackle. But besides that, I mean, he's been very, very productive, been in the right spot at the right time, obviously, and making plays with athleticism. So... I'm I'm not opposed to that. It's just it's hard to get on board though saying he's the best linebacker right now in the league because that defense yeah. is so porous, I, right? I know. Like that, and that's kind of my point. It's yeah. interesting that in your defense is given up a lot, yet you can identify a guy who's playing really, really well. Sure. You can say it. I was probably being over dramatic about saying maybe the best in the league right now. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I watched Demario Davis play a heck of a football game. It looked like the other day. You know, he's a really good player. There's yeah. a lot of good players. But, but I guess that's what I was trying to. Um, bring out with a little hyperbole most likely is their defense is not playing great but on this football team even on a defense that's not playing great He's statistically he is really looking good and it's Correct. noticeable yeah it, it, who was it the other day uh in the tennessee game there's a pitch out to the side and it wasn't henry it was one of their uh faster guys i yeah. think and miles overruns the play mm-hmm 
But if you really look at that play, he overruns the play. The guy cuts back. They actually uh, showed a replay of it, and the guy puts a nice move on Miles Jack, and he cuts back. Yeah. And he makes a play. I forget who it was. Um, I forgot the guy's name. I, I know what you're talking about. No, it was it was the run because Hayden actually does a good job of getting up toward the line and like sending it back, and Miles Jack overran it because he didn't expect Hayden to do what he did. Okay. So that's where that came in. But, I, remember, I know what play you're talking about. But if you notice that play, I remember saying in live action, man, look at Miles how fast he I know. is. Yeah. Because if you see where he came from, and you see where he ends up, yeah. even though he was in overdrive and the guy's a little shifty and puts a move on him, which a lot of people would on a linebacker. Mm-hmm. You can just see the speed, mm-hmm. you know. And what I always say about Miles, this is why I like him so much, is that we point out his athleticism. Like we point out speed and we point out agility. But the thing that is underspoken about Miles Jack is he is a violent football player. And he wants to hit you into next week. Like, he is one of those guys that can bring the physical nature to this football team, and it kind of is like, whoa, mm. right? Mm. It'll t- a lot of guys on this team, I don't know if you can say it, it's a physical game. The, the line, you never see that. But I'm talking big hits. Joe Schobert's probably not going to deliver big hits. Paul Pozlozny used to be able to deliver a big hit. Sure. That's not the case. Miles, J- Telvin Smith wasn't going to deliver a big hit, yeah. right? He was going to go make plays. Well, this guy can deliver a big hit and go make those plays that Telman Smith would make. Mm-hmm. That's what's unbelievable about him. Yeah, or I mean, can be if he can stay consistent. No, no, for sure. Listen, I mean, the the guys that do it all linebacker, right? Well, he's a do it all outside linebacker. I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the because that's the thing with linebackers too, right? Like, sure, you can be a freak athlete and you can play running back and safety or whatever in college. You can have all this stuff, but you have to have that mindset, right? It takes a special person to stand in a hole and say, you know what? Something's going to come at me right now. It could be a puller. It could be running back. But I'd take something head on. The question is, do you flinch or not? And that's what makes great safeties and great linebackers great. It's the fact that when they, you know, they're staring down the barrel, if you will, they don't flinch. They actually go towards the danger. Some guys, it's like, I'm going to lean back a little bit. I'm going to hope I tackle this guy and hang on for dear life. And some guys actually go at that person. Miles Jack can go at that person. If, if, uh, (laughs) it's going to be a tricky one now. If Miles Jack keeps playing like this, hmm. at the end of the year, will we say he's the best player on this defense? Even better than Josh Allen, forty-one. See, that's going to be hard to say, Brent, because I, I I foresee Josh Allen, you know, in the next couple of games, to start, you know, piling up some sacks. And we live in a football world where it's like it's sacks over everything. Cool, you had a hundred tackles, <laughs> tackles. Tackles don't get paychecks, Brent. Sacks get the big money, you know what I'm saying? So I think if Josh Allen does what we expect him to do, I think it's going to be Josh Allen, sh- uh, Josh Allen show. But if Miles Jack can – and here's the thing about it too, playing outside linebacker now, where you have the ability to get more tackles for losses. You have the ability to blitz a little more and maybe get some quarterback sacks, some turnovers, maybe create some chaos in the backfield. If we see that out of Miles Jack – then, yeah, I'll, I'll call him the best player on the defense all day. But until I see more blitzing, until I see more chaos in the backfield, it's hard to say against Josh Allen. Well, he does have a sack. Yeah. You got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he does have a sack. So we'll see what happens. I think what you're seeing here, it's been interesting. T- I'm going to be honest with the Miles Jack uh, view that I've had. And it's like, okay, I hadn't talked to the media at all. Like, is he pouting a little bit? Is he trying to avoid this stuff? Is he just trying to stay focused? Did he get away? He said he went to Australia and all these places. Yeah. And it's like these, or is this just kind of the maturation of a young player, you know, yeah. uh, and who had a lot of expectation and and a lot of different responsibilities, and we're seeing it. And you know, I remember uh, we had uh, DJ Hayden 
I was with Ashlyn Sullivan on Jaguars All Access a couple weeks back, and he was talking about like Miles Jack, and and I was like, oh, that's interesting. The way he was talking about him, you could tell there was something different about Miles, or mm-hmm. he's just very uh, much appreciated in that room. And you didn't know where Miles stood on that, you know, with all this stuff going on with the Fournettes and the Ronnie Harrisons and the Jalen's and the this little click over here, like. I did wonder, if I'm being honest, like where did Miles fit in that? Like, sure. is he part of that clique? Is he kind of a leader? He's been, he's captain again. Is, like, where is he? Like, it's a hard feel, and especially this year because we're not in there and we're not talking to these guys as much as we used to. So, I think the answer, if you watch this news conference today and what he was saying and what other guys are saying about him, is, well, he's obviously one of the pillars of this locker room yeah. right now. Yeah. And you know what? And that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Because you paid him that much money, right? At, at one time, he was uh, the top three highest paid middle linebackers in the league. Now, I'm sure, you know, since then, the salaries have gone up and anything like that. But regardless of that, you, you paid him the money, right? You showed him that, listen, we value you, what you do on the field, and we want to keep you for a long time. And now he's reciprocating that, and we're getting some high-level play out of Miles Jack. Well, Miles Jack conversation next. Uh, the wall that says it all. Miles Jack didn't do anything wrong on this play, but the Jaguars is a excited defense for this did. One. Are you? Because I mean, you want to talk about yeah, football? It's just a game of hitting each other. There's chess games going on, Brent. I'm about to break down a very interesting chess game going on on the field. Interesting. Uh, we'll have that coming up. It's five o'clock hour here on a Wednesday the eve before the Jaguars and the Dolphins play on Thursday night football. That game, of course, will be on Fox 30. By the way, on Fox 30 tonight at seven o'clock, we will have Jaguars All Access coming up. Uh, conversation with Josh Allen and also Caleb on Chase on on that show, seven o'clock on Fox 30. We'll be right back. You're on ESPN 690. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 